the Oklahoma City Thunder fall to the Sacramento Kings. And what was a big game for the NBA standings, they kick off this long week filled with health and safety protocols in Sacramento with a six-point loss. How did SGA take a step in his development? What's happening with Gabrielle Deck and so much more all coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod and even email the show LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder 117-111 loss to the Sacramento Kings. SGA takes that step in his development. Aaron Wiggins has an impressive game. We need a little bit more from the role players and what in the world is happening with Gabriel Deck. All of this and more coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball, so subscribe for free across all platforms. That's right. You can subscribe for free across all platforms and never miss an episode of the Lockdown Thunder podcast on Lockdown Podcast Network. Now, Let's start this game recap with our game overview the way we always do as Darius Baisley, Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson-Earl, Derek Favors, Josh Giddy, Alexei Pokashevsky, Mark Dagnant, and Vit Critchie were all out in this game, as well as David Bliss. Uh, so two coaches, one assistant, one head coach. Uh, Vit Critchie was out with an ankle sprain, and then the rest were out with health and safety protocols. Mike Wilkes was the acting head coach in this game. We recapped all of the health and safety protocols on yesterday's show, as well as talking about the outfall from the roster and who was signed from the health and safety protocols on the last show. So if you want all that info, go check that one out. For the Kings, they were without Davion Mitchell and Alex Lynn. The Thunder start out with SGA, Lou Dort, Aaron Wiggins, Paul Watson Jr., and Isaiah Robia. Totally brand new starting five with the two staples being SGA and Lou Dort. Wiggins has gotten starts before, especially as they transitioned Baisley to the bench. And then Paul Watson Jr. and Isaiah Roby joined the fray for the first time as starters this season. For the Kings, they start De'Aaron Fox, Therese Halliburton, uh, Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley III, and Rashad Holmes in this one. The Kings played nine players in the rotation. The Thunder played 11. The Thunder had 13 active players total. The only players to not play in this game was the two most recent signees in Rob Edwards and Scotty Hobson. The third signee on that 10-day deal was Olivia Saar, who did play in this game. So how did the Thunder lose this game? Well, in this contest, defense was completely optional, especially in that first half. This was a very up-tempo game, a high-paced game that I think, uh, had the Thunder had their full roster, would have benefited them, and they would have won with their full complement of players. And even giving the Kings back, Davion Mitchell was a key piece of their rotation as that promising rookie. Uh, even giving them Mitchell back, I think that, that, this team, that this game, with the pace it was played at, would have benefited Oklahoma City. The Thunder, though, fell short due to them, the fact that they made 11 threes and the Kings made 17 threes. Sacramento once got up by 17 points. 
Oklahoma City, though, had a big lead of four points as their biggest lead. There was 10 times where the lead changed hands, seven times where this game was tied. The Kings won the rebounding battle 57-45. to The Kings had one more turnover. The Kings shot 42% from the floor, 43% from deep, and 74% at the line. The Thunder shot 38% from the floor, 33% from deep, and 83% at the line. The Thunder won the points in the paint battle 40 points to 38 the second chance points went to the Kings, 16 to 10. And fast break points, which is a big indicator for the Thunder, was to the Kings, 16 to 11. Oklahoma City started the third quarter off poorly, and they ended up shooting 32% in that, in that third quarter. That third quarter, besides the end, really derailed them. Credit to the Thunder, though, for making that comeback at the end of the third quarter, sparked by Aaron Wiggins to make it competitive entering the fourth. And then the game got away from them again, and then they got it back down to six points. So the Thunder, all in all, played very hard in this game, especially for Mike Wilkes. Uh, they, they were given the opportunity to win this game. Given the circumstances, you take that. This is a Kings team that is trying hard to vibe for that playoff spot, that play-in tournament spot. They played nine players tonight. The Kings had their roster of the guys that they want. They were without three players in this game, and they played nine players. Alvin Gentry, short in the rotation, was working the refs all night, was trying hard to win this game. The Thunder, who were very shorthanded, missing a ton of key, ro- key rotational pieces, kept it within six and had chances after chances to win this game. They had chances to swing the momentum. They had chances to overcome the Kings. They had chances to make a statement, and they didn't do it. And that's the problem with, A, losing a ton of rotational players. I mean, you go back through that list, and you have Baisley, Mann, JRE, Derek Favors, uh, Pokashevsky, and most importantly, Josh Giddy, who make – big impacts on your roster. And the biggest loss of that group was Josh Giddy. The Thunder lacked a secondary playmaker next to SGA, and that forced SGA to play outside of himself for the first few uh, quarters of this game. And so Josh Giddy, as a rookie, is your second most important player because what he does has a domino effect. Sure, he might go 0 for 8 offensively, but he takes pressure off SGA and lets SGA play his style of basketball and play his role. And that should be encouraging to you to know that your sixth overall pick in this year's draft, Josh Giddy, who has not even two months into his rookie season yet, is already your second overall player in a good way on a team that has other competent role players. But his skill set, what he's allowing the Thunder team to do, especially as they play this style of basketball, is irreplaceable for this team. So the Thunder obviously will struggle without these key pieces. But tonight, you have to give them props for hanging in there and playing tough. Because this was a spur-of-the-moment thing. Of course, they had a travel day yesterday to Sacramento. They did not get to practice because of all the protocols and everything else. They had practice scheduled for Monday, I believe, and then they, of course, sent a lot of these role players to the protocols, and I'm sure that ended some things in terms of practices. So a last-second thing thrown together, and you're missing your top two coaches. I think it's safe to assume that, of course, Mark is the head coach. He's the top overall coach. And then given the fact that when they had the full bevy of assistants to pick from, they picked Dave Bliss to be the acting head coach and Mark was out for the birth of his child, that Dave Bliss is the second in command. You're at your top two coaches. You're without a ton of role players, and you still only lost an NBA game by six points on the road against a team who is a playing team and a playoff caliber team. Granted, not a very great team, but still a playing caliber team who's vying for that playoff spot and wants it desperately. And in this game, the Thunder did 
enough to they did what they could to put themselves in position to win, and they just couldn't get enough to win. The the, the Kings had five of their nine players reach double figures. The Thunder had a, had three double figure scores, but all of them players did score tonight for the Thunder. Now, this was an offensive showing in the first half that was not even sustainable for two halves. Right, so the first half was an incredible blitz of offense. And then things slowed down that third quarter and never really got back to that historic pace, which of course led to this loss for the Thunder. But all in all, you got to tip your cap to the Thunder. You got to be happy with what the Thunder did tonight. And the story of tonight, shockingly enough, if you look at the box score, is Shea Gilders Alexander taking another step in his development. We always talk about how can Pokashevsky develop, how can Darius Baisley develop, how can Trey Mann and Josh Gay develop. We forget that although SGA is playing at this all-star pace and SGA is playing as a max contract player, rightfully so, getting that max contract this offseason, and he is your superstar, all-star, top 15 pillar of this franchise, he still has room to grow. We forget that a lot, and tonight it showed a lot of growth from him on the offensive end of the floor. And I think that tonight was one of the most important games for SGA this season. We're going to dive into that, plus Aaron Wiggins, just going off tonight and being in the right spot at the right time, as well as a disappointing night from Taylor Maldon and Ty Jerome, uh, an interesting night that's hard to gauge from Isaiah Roby, and then what in the world, what in the world is happening with Gabrielle Deck? All of that is coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. From the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. But first, I want to say right now, but our good friends, over at Truebill. Folks, Truebill is awesome because I want to ask you a question. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's because it's a business scam to scam you out of your money. That's right. They want to take your money. Businesses want to scam you. Do not let these greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill and take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you do not need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Personally, you, you just have always been there, right? You've always had that one service that you put your credit card in one time, you get a free trial and then forgot about it and they're costing you money, but Truebill can cancel all of that and save you money. They have over 2 million users, and they help them save over $100 million. So do not fall for subscription scams ever again. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Truebill.com, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It can save you thousands of dollars a year at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for listening to Locked On Thunder. Uh, your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you to talk on Thunder basketball. Check out the Locked On Now podcast. So the Locked On Now podcast is a nightly recap show of every NBA game from analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel, the Locked On Now podcast, which gets you all the content you need to hear about every single game from the association from the night before. Make sure you check out the Locked On Now podcast and Subscribe for free to Locked on Thunder Podcast. The Locked on Thunder Podcast is free and available on all platforms, including the platform of YouTube, every, every day for free right here 
the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. How did SGA take that next step, take that big step as a player in this game? A game in which you saw SGA press in this game, play outside of himself, play out of sorts, and look uncomfortable for the majority of this contest. Now, I said in the previous show, hey, you know, he typically does well against these young guards and Fox and Mitchell, and it's a kind of a added motivation for him. And now he's, you know, being relied on by the Thunder as they put a lot of players in health and safety protocols. And this could be a big statement game from him. It is a statement game in the way that we didn't expect. Sure, it's not the triple-double game he had a week ago. Sure, we're not get the huge highlights. But tonight, as he's playing out of sorts for most of the night, as he's shooting one for five from three, as he's shooting 37% from the floor, he has five assists to one turnover. He has five rebounds, and he scores 30 points. And he scores 30 points because he attempted 17 free throws, a career high. Folks, the, the most important part of that is, one, if you've listened to the show before, you know that on this podcast for over a calendar year now, I've been saying the difference in scoring leaps is free throws. The difference in SGA's leap that he can make and, and the levels he can reach is by how often and consistent can he get to the free throw line. I've been preaching SGA free throws for over a year, and everyone who listens to Locked on Thunder, thank you for listening, by the way, uh, knows it. And in this game... It's not just about that 17 free throw total. It's about the fact that he shot one for five from three. It's about the fact that he shot 37% from the floor. It's about the fact that he looked disoriented and out of sorts and hurt his hand in this game. All those things happened in this game alone. And yet in the fourth quarter, after that scrappy into the third quarter run to get it back close again, capped off with that transition a dunk for Wiggins. In the fourth quarter, he attempted 12 of those 17 free throws. Because when the game was on the line, when they, when it mattered and when it was time for him to step up for his team, SGA went out there and he changed his game. He did what he had to do to impact this game in a big way. He did what he needed to do to get going. He didn't settle for threes. He didn't settle for mid-range shots. He attacked the rim downhill. He was aggressive, and he got to the free throw line 12 times in one quarter. And it allowed him to compile 30 points in what was, in totality, a disappointing night for SGA. But when you focus on the fact that he did not let that bad first quarter, that bad second quarter, third quarter, whatever, turn into a bad fourth quarter, he was able to figure out a way to adjust his game plan and adjust his style and hone in on one specific thing in that quarter when the, when the team needed him the most, when the offense needed him the most. That is what all-stars are made of. That's what superstars are made of. And that's how you average 25 points a night. That's how you average 27 points a night. That's how you average 30 points a night and get to these crazy scoring numbers. It's by even on nights like tonight, whenever if you watch that game, there's no debating that SJ did not have it offensively tonight. And he still scores 30. When you become that kind of player that can obviously and clearly not have your best stuff and still score 30 points, You've transcended yourself and made a step in your game. And we'll see what he does tonight on the second half of that back-to-back against the Suns and against Chris Paul, who, again, there's a storyline there. He'll write about his former teammate, mentor, uh, someone who's meant a lot to him in his development of his his game. That could be an added bonus for him on top of 
uh, you know, coming off player of the week on top of going for his first all-star game on top of uh, being somebody that this team is truly looking to uh, and being the lone source of creation for the Thunder right now offensively. We'll see what he does tonight. But but in this game against the Grizzlies, I, I should say this game against the Kings, it was a very impressive feat, even as it looks kind of ugly in the box score. Aaron Wiggins, though, deserves a ton of praise as well. Aaron Wiggins is a legitimate NBA player. And now I've hyped up Aaron Wiggins since the day that he was drafted. I've hyped him up on Twitter, on this podcast, on all platforms that I possibly can hype him up. And I don't want it to get confused, right? When I hype up Aaron Wiggins, I'm not saying he's going to be an all-star, superstar, a top player, and that Sam Presti has fleeced the NBA by getting him at 55 overall. I'm saying Aaron Wiggins' ceiling is a high-priority rotational player in the playoffs. His floor is a regular season rotational player to help a good team maintain success and get to the postseason whenever it is that you shrink your rotation. If that's your floor, if your floor is somebody who helps you win in the A2 game regular season every year, plays plus defense and plays on the floor of your offense, if that's your floor, then at pick 55 overall, you've hit a home run. You've hit a grand slam. You've gotten more to that pick than you can ever ask for. That's why it's a great, great pick for the Thunder. And I think that the data we have right now which is still a very small sample size. What we know about Aaron Wiggins right now is that he's young, is that he's a great cutter, that he understands how to play his role offensively and relocate himself offensively and shoot the three ball and unload that deep ball at a great clip and confidently. Again, confidence is a big key in the NBA as we saw with a lot of players for the Thunder in recent history. But he can cut, he can slam it home and be aggressive at the rim and body himself in there. And he can also have range to shoot the three ball. And then right now as a rookie in the NBA against a lot of different matchups and a lot of different positions, he's guarded threes, he's guarded fours, he's guarded fives. Right now as a rookie, he's a plus defender. You do not find very many rookies who are plus defenders. We also know that the Thunder have a great track record of developing players and developing defense. We also know that the Thunder believe in Aaron Wiggins right? He's on a two-way deal right now, but they spent a 55th overall pick on him when they could have traded out and saved money. And the Thunder have started him a handful of times now. He, he's played, what, 15 games, started six or whatever it is. He's started a lot of games. And at every turn between Sam Presti, between Mark, between people you talked to behind the scenes, everyone inside those walls in Oklahoma City believes heavily in Aaron, in Aaron Williams. We know all those things to be fact. So he's a lot closer to that ceiling of being a top rotational piece for a playoff team. And at 55 overall, if that's what you got, it's an amazing pick. That is a, a altering pick for your timeline. In the sense of, when you go through and you try to make a checklist of what you need to compete, on that checklist is what I just described. A player who can play offense at an admirable level and shoot the three ball at an above-average clip play really good defense out of multitude of positions. Wiggins, if he checks that box, you're one step closer to where you want to be. Now, you still need to check the very hard boxes at the very top of that sheet, but to check off any boxes, 
with the 55th overall pick, five picks away from being undrafted. It's a really good job, this organization. A really, really good job. So I think that it's going to be a matter of time before Wiggins is on a full-term NBA deal, and he continues to impress at every phase of the game, a very high-motor player and a very good defender. Coming up, though, we're going to talk about Lou Dort, Gabriel Deck, Tail Maldon, Ty Jerome, Isaiah Roby, and Olivia Saar, all coming up on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. But first, I want to say right now, we're good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is your online sportbook experts. They have you covered right now for the holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues to march on through the postseason, the college football playoffs, and everything else, uh, make sure you check out BetOnline your number one spot for all sport action this year, head over to the website or even use your mobile device and sign up today. Whenever you sign up today, so go sign up right now at betonline.ag. Whenever you do that and you use the code locked on, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the code locked on from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait. Take advantage right now of these amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline has all you need. BetOnline where the game starts. Let's hear right now too about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means new year resolutions. It's time to get fit and start eating healthier. Make sure you include Built Bars in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it's probably even better than a candy bar, honestly. Built Bar is easy to stick to as a resolution this year. They have all the good stuff that you need. Protein to make you go through your workouts or just get through the day and give you energy. Most Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Well, they're all covered in. 100% real chocolate. Most built bars have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. I personally love cookies and cream built bars. So go try those out today at Pupper.com. Whenever you do, put in our code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. Again, thank you for making Lockdown Thunder. Your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, go check out Locked On Bets. Locked On Bets is a podcast hosted by your boy Q uh, with handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. And folks, they are winning money left and right at Locked On Bets. So it's a free podcast that you can listen to and consume every single day. So it's basically like we're giving away free money here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So we'll subscribe to them for free as well. Now let's continue breaking down this game against the Sacramento Kings by talking about Lou Dort. Honestly, I would have liked more from Lou Dort. Still love Lou Dort. He started out hot with a couple threes, but he goes two for seven from deep, 33% from the floor, 19.7 for seven at the line, some nice contact drives there, eight rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Not a bad game from Lou Dort. Not a game that he should be ashamed of, but given the circumstances, I would have liked to see a little bit more uh, from Lou Dort. I still think, though, uh, that he'll, he's, it was good tonight. I think it'll be good, of course, tonight against the Suns. But uh, in this stage, I think that he could have really shown off his great leap of efficiency and scoring uh, better than he did tonight. Gabriel Deck, what's happening? Again, since Deck's come over, I've been saying on this podcast that Gabriel Deck could play basketball on the moon. You can play at the FIBA level. You can play overseas. You can play in the NBA. You can play at the YMCA. You can play. At, he can play at the high school gym. He, he can play in Division Two, Division One. He can play anywhere on the moon and at Mars, whatever. That you need Gabriel Deck to play basketball. He can play basketball. He's a really good basketball player. But why isn't he playing? 
Tonight, 10 minutes he gets. Five points, two assists, a rebound, and looks very competent as a basketball player. There was one play where Kenny Hustle has to tell him where to go as the action is starting, has to direct traffic and get Deck to go to the corner, and Deck kind of does that, oh, crap, moment, and kind of giddies up and gets to the corner. Is that why he's not playing? Does he not know the playbook? Because I'm running out of reasons why he's not playing. Anytime he's gotten minutes, anytime he's gotten a chance, he's looked very good. Again, a long track record. He looked good in the Olympics. He looked good overseas, obviously. He's looked good in the NBA. But he never plays. There's something we're missing from this puzzle. There's something we're not understanding. There's a there's a deeper thing that we don't get to see yet. But it's confusing. I'm just as confused as you. And anyone who's not Sam Presti or Mark Dognott do not know what's happening. So don't let them fool you. Nobody knows what's happening with Lou Dort, with, with uh, Gabriel Deck, I should say. They don't know why he's not playing. They don't know why he's here. No one knows what's going on. Because this is the player he's shown to be, a very good one, even as he does not play since November, even as... He does not play in elongated stretches. He's ready to go at a moment's notice, and he's ready to give you buckets and to, and to give you solid basketball play. And for a young team who can go into some lulls, and as basketball as a game of runs, solid basketball play is something this team needs more of in different moments of each game. And for him not to be playing is pretty confusing. So we'll see. We'll get our answer here this offseason or at the deadline or whenever. But tonight was it just more affirming of what I said even on yesterday's show before the game tipped off. What's happening? He can play ball in the NBA. He can play at this level. He can play at any level. But he's not playing. And tonight, he still gets just 10 minutes. And he looks very good in those 10 minutes. So you guys who do not look good, though, Come out on and tie Jerome. They got to be better. I mean, they're getting passed by by the second. Tim Allen last year looked good, looked like a second round steal. This year is not so much. He's one for eight tonight, one for five from three. Uh, took some contact to go to the line for you know for four attempts. Went three for four, but he had very very much tunnel vision at the rim. Twenty two minutes, six points and assist. Not a good night from Allen. Ty Jerome played fifteen minutes and did not attempt a single three. 15 minutes, did not attempt a single three, went one for four from the floor, a rebound, two assists. And again, Josh Giddy was heavily missed tonight, and he was the most important player in protoculture tonight because the Thunder just did not have anybody to help create and playmake with SGA. Isaiah Roby had a very interesting game. Uh, it looked solid offensively. Uh, did not love him on defense, but didn't hate him either. It was a game that did not change my opinion on him. Now, granted, you should not change any opinion on any player over one game, but... Roby is just kind of there. Like, he's not a bad player. I also do not think that he should be playing over Jerry, as I said, since the day Jerry was drafted, that those two players conflict and create uh, this redundancy that advantage goes Jerry. We've seen that play out this season. But Roby was all right, especially offensively. He has a very good knack for offense. And if that defense comes along, or, hey, let's not put this all on Roby, if he's put in better positions on defense for his skill set, then he'll look like a better player. I still think that Isaiah Roby is an NBA player. Now, do I think that he's going to be a 
playoff rotational player, that's that's to me is more matchup dependent than assured. But I think he's going to be on the NBA roster for a long time. I think he's that kind of player that can just be there and be ready for you at any given moment. And then the only uh, two, the only ten day contract player to play was Sar. Looked really fluid. Had two blocks inside. Brought some size, of course, as a seven footer. The Thunder have not had all year long. That was a nice roll option. I liked him being used in that dunker spot a bit. I'm interested in him. Again, that, again, one game does not make a does not make a decision on the roster, but I'm interested in Sar. I'm more interested in him than I am Paul Watson Jr. As much as I think that Paul Watson Jr. can be a three and D player, again, not given that opportunity so far in Oklahoma City and not really taking advantage tonight uh, as a player whenever he gets to start and play 22 minutes. I'm into Sar, but I need to see more. And that just comes with time. Tonight, though, was a really good first step. It was a really, really good first step. I like the way he goes up strong at the rim. Uh, I like the way he plays defense down low. And, and in space, he wasn't terrible. Now, again, very small sample size to be evaluating defense because it's one game. And in this game, he plays 11 minutes. So he's not really putting too many action spots there. But uh, as we see him more in space, we'll get a better idea of kind of who he is. Bet of the day, I had Oklahoma City plus six and a half. That cashes in. Moneyball pick, I had SGA, but of course it was Muscala and Dort who had two. SGA had one, three. MVP of this game, Aaron Wiggins. Really good game from him, but of course we gave a lot of love to SGA. Up next, tomorrow's show will be a Suns recap podcast from Wednesday's game. Friday will be a draft talk episode plus Thunder New Year's resolutions and a Knicks preview. Saturday will be the Knicks recap, and then Monday will be the Mavericks recap, and we'll do this all over again. Five days a week, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.